Sifu Jacob here with Ironware Martial Arts. I'd like to welcome everybody to my first podcast. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. And today I would like to discuss with you tradition and secrecy in the 21st century. There's a lot of martial arts that you're going to find on YouTube. There's a lot of clips. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of people openly sharing techniques. And then there are masters and real practitioners who keep things secret. Who don't enjoy the limelight. With that being said... There's also very genuine masters who share snippets of what they can do to attract new students. In my opinion, in this day and age, in this age of information, of open sharing, it is my firm stance to do a little bit of both. For example, if something is so secret that nobody knows about it that it's going to be very hard to attract attention into your martial art. In order for martial arts to survive, it needs propagation. It needs individuals, men and women, who have mastered the art, who are now openly sharing information. Now, I'm not suggesting that you share information of your entire style openly on YouTube to attract students. But what I am saying is, in one sense or another, you need to get your name and or your art out into the world. It needs to be shared. And that can be done through seminars. It can be done through YouTube. It can be done in all these different means. But it is a strong stance of mine that you, the point of secrecy in the old days was not allowed to know uh, uh, an adversary, to know what you know. It was to conceal your skills against somebody coming into your village. Um, a lot of it, historically speaking, in the Philippines, where the uh, Spanish didn't want the Filipinos to learn. Look at um, capoeira. Okay, they had to hide it in dance. Look at um, escrima. They had to hide it in sticks. Um, Look at forms. They're very hard to interpret sometimes. Some moves and forms are purposefully enigmatic. So the student has to be able to decipher and um, create um, interpretations. But then there's also stuff that is purposefully hidden within the system. Okay, and that's done for several reasons. So people on the outside won't understand what it is and to make the student think. Both are very valid and good reasons. But be that as it may, the old ways of secrecy, if we apply them to today's day and age, that's like saying my martial arts is so good, I'm not going to have a website. My martial arts is so good, I'm not going to have a website, I'm not going to have a YouTube And I'm not going to show anybody my skills. With that line of thinking, 
you're not going to attract new students. You're just not. I'm not saying to share everything with the world. I'm not saying to overdo it. I'm not saying to be, you know, to boast and brag and, and, and talk about how, how, how ultimate, you know, and, 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 and deadly your art is. Um, hey, but sometimes that works. But what, what I am saying is, is to share some stuff. Be kind to your students. Share some stuff with the public to attract your brand. And you can't apply, in my opinion, you can't apply something that used to be practical three, four hundred years ago um, in today's day and age. Okay, the reason why a lot of people hid things in the old days, like like I said, is because there was um, a foreign invader uh, of, of many different kinds. Uh, in, 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 in somebody who's trying to harm you and you didn't want them to know what you know. In today's day and age, as I mentioned, there's a time and a place for that. Okay? I'm not telling you to share your secrets. Again, I'm just telling you to open up your arms, share some information, and, and to attract it. And let's talk about that for a second. Once you master, once you master a martial art, and you 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 understand how to to physically take somebody down, you, you, you've explored all the avenues, all the holes. What are you going to do with it now? The best thing to do, in my opinion, once you master an, master an art, is to help people. Help them learn. Help them grow. Martial arts is good for self-development. It's good for health. It's good for having somebody believe in themselves. Martial arts is, uh, makes you strong. It does all these wonderful things. So if you've mastered an art, martial art of any kind, legitimately, I think it's almost a responsibility for you to share, to help people. I think that's the ultimate goal, in my opinion. And so it's interesting because... Uh, my Filipino great-grandmaster, he's uh, in Balentawak, martial arts. Him and I did uh, a video on my YouTube channel called the 34 Master Sparring Techniques of Great-Grandmaster Crispolo Singatilla. Now, this man has spent 76 years mastering his martial art. He is a great-grandmaster um, and in the Filipino martial arts. Um, they have uh, a title uh, which has been announced unto him as Supreme Grandmaster. And um, me and him released 34 of his master techniques openly. And he, he asked me to do so, and I did. Now that's interesting because anybody who studied a tradition, they never release a big part of their information. They usually will release snippets, but... As he is 84, 83, turning 84 years old, for him, getting this information out there, and he also has a book, getting that information out there, us performing to the best of our abilities and putting it out into the world, creating, he has this legacy and he's, and, and he's propagating it and he's, and he's shared it. Now, let me just say, that is so wonderful to have your students talking about you, sharing your art openly, 
writing a book about your history, documenting it, having it on YouTube, having it in people's minds and their thoughts. Because let's face it, let's say somebody's never heard of you. And, and chances are, even if somebody is a great grandmaster, regardless, listen, I've been practicing for a long time. And when I, when I got to a high level in, 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 in my foundational art, I was like, well, everybody knows my Sifu. He's, he's well-known. He's a, he's a luminary in the martial arts world. And he is. But I was under the impression that everybody knew him, you know, because it's a smaller community. Truth is, they, other teachers may, w- will know your Sifu or your, your, your grandmaster or, or, or Pendekar. Uh, but other students don't. They're, they're caught up with, with learning from their teacher and studying their lineage. Um, and, and so it was a big reality check for me, like, oh, wow, you know, this, that, that, that's interesting. And so when an outsider is looking in at your martial art for the first time, um, having a legacy that they can go on YouTube and watch, having a book where they can read your history, having material shared where some, an, an amateur, a novice, a student can sink their teeth into is let me just say massively important. If you're studying a traditional martial art in in today's day and age with so much information out there and you have mastered it or if if you've reached a good level of it, I think it is important, massively important to collect that information, put it into a book, talk about your, your history, share your pictures, share some videos and get it out there. Make sure... In my opinion, it becomes a responsibility so your, your martial art survives. Don't worry about, look, don't worry about naysayers. Don't worry about uh, 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 other classmates who may agree or disagree with what you're doing. Preserve your history. Preserve your tradition. Preserve your legacy of, you, of, of your, your training and the training of your teachers. I think it's incumbent upon you to do so. Uh, no matter what anybody says about you, your relationship is between you and your teacher and preserve it, cherish it, share it, let the world see, let the world see your teacher live on, let you live, let him live on through you and through your writing, through your speech and through your thoughts and that influence, that influence will play on to the next generation of students. Because after you've studied a martial art for 20 to 30 years, um, and, if you're, and if you do openly teach, the name of your teacher should, should last through your students and their students, and then eventually your name. And it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's not an ego thing. That will be for another podcast, Martial Arts and the Ego. But what it is is about you need to know your roots. Okay, and, and with that, you also need to be able to adapt. Okay, martial arts in the 80s, in the 80s, was different than in the 50s. My teachers, both of my teachers, one of my teachers was born in the early um, 1930s. My other teacher was born in 1938. They both went through World War II both when Japanese occupied China and back when Japanese occupied the Philippines. Martial arts back then was a serious game. To say that you were a master back then, I mean, these are people who experienced war. 
They experienced a foreign invader. Um, these are people who are, li- who are living pieces of, of history. Okay. And so I know what that tradition is. And as a young man who, who, who has um, the ability um, and, and uh, uh, knowledge to pass on both of these lineages um, and some of my other mentors as well, I'm going to do so. Because it's important that it lives on. But my generation, my generation, our generation, or our reality, all of our shared reality right now, is that technology plays a big role. And people with all this social media, they feel like they should know something about you before they see you. Now, I don't want to say that social media is the be all and end all. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, social media is a massive hindrance uh, towards some martial artists getting better because they, they can't even practice anymore without a camera being on. For Christ's sake, you know, turn the camera on when it's important. You know, you don't need to record every single thing you do. And, and if you are, it should be as a training tool so you could watch what you're doing and, and look at mistakes or a sparring video. But not everything you do needs to be recorded. It's silly. Um, I digress. Get that information out there. Don't use technology as a hindrance. Don't don't let it get in the way of any genuine practice. Not everything needs to be recorded. Share some stuff. Keep your legacy alive. And get some media out there. Write a book. Collect your thoughts. Collect your material. Put it together. Formulate it. Create a page where all your, your studies are out there. Preserve your history. Propagate it. Practice train get better that to me is what this is all about and a lot of the times just through this you're going to reach levels of of self-development self-development in a way because you're going to push yourself to do things that you've never done you're going to push your mind to expand and think in ways it's never done Um, you're going to be celebrated but also be put under a lot of scrutiny and so you go through a lot of character development personal growth um, but in the end you become a diamond you become shaped under that pressure and, and your art survives so that's my first podcast episode thank you everybody for, for listening and, and being a part of my journey you could follow me at Iron Wire Martial Arts on YouTube Facebook Instagram IWMA official at Twitter um, and ironwiremartialarts.com Please, I encourage everybody to reach out. Study my tradition. Come find me. Come seek me out. Email me, ironwiremartialarts at Gmail. Talk to me. I'm here. And keep your own personal tradition alive. If you got one, dust it off. Start practicing. Don't listen to the naysayers. Thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. I look forward to hearing your comments very soon. Have a blessed day.
Hello, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to the Iron Wire Martial Arts Podcast. Today, I would like to discuss with all of you the effectiveness of a traditional technique. Now, in martial arts, there are many different styles, and all styles have a collection, if you will, of different moves, insights, and formulas either through sets or drills or combinations or numbers, things like that, um, of their techniques. Now, if you were to take any one of these techniques, any one of them, and if you were were to put them out of context, meaning not in the order that the natural flow of a combative situation would usually go in, then the technique would result in not being as effective. So let me put this very simply. Many times, it's not the technique that is ineffective, unless it truly has no martial merit. It's usually that the context of how it's used and when it's used is usually the thing that's misunderstood. For example, let's say that there is a form that you learn in traditional Chinese martial arts or Filipino martial arts or even Indonesian martial arts or even Thai boxing or Moi Baran. If you were to take any one of those out of context, it may not be as useful until you set up the technique. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that is, very simply, that many times a technique is done as an initial move or a follow-up move or it's done in a series of sequences, meaning you have to set up the conditions necessary in order for that technique to be pulled off in a fighting situation. For example, If I go to wrestle somebody, a really good Muay Thai fighter, who has a flurry of strikes just attacking you super quickly, we may find it very difficult to pull that move off. Or how about this, even better. How about there's an arm bar? If I go to grab an arm bar against somebody who's a very good striker, I'm willing to wager that it's very difficult, nearly impossible to pull it off. Now, sure, can you train to pull that off? The answer is absolutely. And those are skills that a martial artist will develop. And and, and here's the other thing. Everybody develops their own unique special abilities. What do I mean by that? I don't want to veer off in the wrong direction. What I mean by that is take in modern times Somebody's learning from a boxing coach in a modern-day boxing gym or mixed martial arts gym. The no two fighters will turn out the same. They're both going to do it differently. And that's just the way it is because your height, your body size, your attitude will be different. But I digress. Be that as it may, situationally, listen to the words, situationally, some moves will be more effective than others. Some moves are meant for entry techniques. 
how to enter, get past, and destroy a guard. Some, men, some moves are meant to engage with the opponent. Some moves are meant to follow up. Some moves are yang. Some moves are yin. And after you enter, some moves are follow-up techniques. And then some moves are takedowns and throws and then groundwork or finishing. So there's a natural ebb and flow. Or there's a natural inherent rhythm or sequence, if you will, internally to how a fight normally operates. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to every fight. In any martial artist of any style, I don't think they can disagree with that. So, some moves are better as starter moves. Some moves are better in the middle. And then some moves are better in the end. So just think about that. As a martial artist, it's our job to create some form of shock or some form of distraction or some form of leverage or technique that will give us the advantage. So, as a martial artist, you want to be put in the most advantageous position in situation to pull off your technique, to pull off your style, and to insert your fighting technology, your fighting intent, your fighting intuition, your fighting um, uh, attitude, all of that into somebody else to uh, come out um, safely. So just think about that when you review your techniques. If you have a form, remember, forms are, how about this? Traditional martial arts is where we draw from. When you fight, very rarely does a fight look exactly like a traditional form. Now it can in some instances. It really can, especially if you really have control and know what you're doing, and depending on how long you practice and your level of understanding. However, forms should be, or even drills, really at at a more advanced level should be like Legos. This piece goes to that piece, goes to this piece, goes to that piece. Now I'd like to create another episode dedicated just to that philosophy and that idea um, and, and that way of organizing and training. But just think about that, okay? Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to, to this short segment here and, and realize that in a form, it's a collection. Traditional martial arts are a collection. We take out what we need during the situation we're in. There's a natural ebb and flow of beginning, middle, and end. Entries, follow-ups, finishes. Okay? And follow the natural rhythm of fighting. Don't go against it. I'm positive that if your fighting system has real... um, martial abilities. Sometimes it's, it's not the martial art, it's our level of understanding. So I hope that um, this helps. I hope you found it insightful. And please join me again or, uh, over a nice cup of coffee or tea or silent meditation on this subject. Thank you so much. You can follow me on YouTube at Iron Wire Martial Arts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at IWMA official and IronWireMartialArts.com. Thank you so much, everybody.
I hope to hear from you soon.